The Truth News Network. You ever get the idea Rod Serling was standing behind you saying, I don't believe this. The world is upside down, and you need a helmsman who can steer the shifting currents. You need the truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. You need Dan Newman. I feel love. I can guarantee you that. I feel like uh, you folks are in the tank with us at Truth News Network, TNN Live. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Did you have a wonderful week? A great weekend. You've got a short week this week, and um, I think that's probably a good thing. But I tell you what, folks, we have some very critical things to discuss today. And let me let me get you to do this right now. We're about to launch into the first segment of our show, TNN Live, and um, we're going to get into something that impacts everybody on planet Earth, not just the United States and not just in our area, wherever you are. And I got to be honest with you, it's not, it's not very encouraging, but we're going to go through the facts and we're going to go to some various sources and we're talking about COVID-19, everything surrounding it. But while we were having a wonderful Independence Day weekend, a bunch of people died around the world, a bunch of people got sick, a bunch of people got COVID-19 vaccinations, and a bunch of brand new factual information has been unleashed on the world, and it's being suppressed. If there's somebody that you know, that you have a lot of love and respect for, and you want them to have all the facts, I'm going to wait about four or five minutes before we launch into this segment. Call them right now and get them on the line, streaming this broadcast this morning at Truth News Network, TNN Live. Do that. We're going to talk about a couple of other things um, before we get going to that. Believe me, there are a lot of things that are very, very important, and uh, we want to get to all of those today. Um, speaking of coronavirus, before we get into the news that we're going to share with you, guess what? Zimbabwe in Africa, Zimbabwe of all places, has joined a growing number of African countries that are rejecting the coronavirus vaccines, all three of them. Their government yesterday rejected an African Union donation of 3 million doses of the vaccine made by Johnson & Johnson. And their reason for rejecting them is they are citing a lack of storage facilities for the shots. And it looks like and it sounds like that's just an excuse. The Secretary of Zimbabwe's Finance Ministry turned down the donation in a letter that was addressed to the African Export-Import Bank seen by Zimbabwe on our Independence Day, July 4th. His letter to the Pan-African Finance Institution created with some assistance from the African Development Bank Group. Here's what he said in that letter. Quote, The government of Zimbabwe notes that there is an allocation of the Johnson & Johnson vaccines for August of 2021. However, I wish to advise that the government of Zimbabwe is not yet ready to participate in the August allocation as measures are still being put in place to establish the cold chain management framework for these vaccines as well as on management of the anticipated adverse effects of the vaccines following inoculation. Therefore, we'll advise 
you of our readiness to receive the vaccines once our internal processes have been conducted. Now, what's going on there, folks? Well, Zimbabwe is not the only one, the only nation doing this, and not the only nation in Africa. A number of other African nations that have either rejected or failed to use those donated Chinese coronavirus vaccines in recent months, like Malawi's government, burned nearly 20,000 expired doses of the Chinese coronavirus vaccine developed by the British-Swedish multinational pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca. And we've told you about that. That's not been approved even in any measure here in the United States yet. The African entity donated 102,000 doses of that AstraZeneca vaccine to Malawi on March 26th through a program that's led by the WHO. Malawi's government had hardly any time to distribute the shots. However, as the batch expired less than three weeks after it got to the nation on April 13th, Malawi's health ministry managed to administer 80% of the 102,000 doses before they expired. And their government burned the leftover doses from the batch. Congo, the Congo, Democratic Republic of of Congo, its government announced in late April plans to return 1.3 million doses of AstraZeneca's vaccine to the United Nations after they failed to finalize a formal plan to distribute it. So what's going on there, folks? What's happening in this entire thing? I will tell you this. There's a lot of fear and there's a lot of information that is out in the marketplace that we're being kept from seeing and hearing about. What are you talking about, Dan? Well, I hope you got whoever you feel needs to be in this show listening to this. I hope you got them online because we're going to start peeling back some layers now. The first thing that shocked me, over the weekend, this past weekend, the holiday weekend, this news came out of my state. More than 106,000 people have died in the state of Louisiana from COVID. But the Louisiana Department of Health reported during this weekend, kind of quietly, 683 new cases just over this weekend. 683. Five people died over the weekend. And the current death toll for the state, it's at 10,693. And the total number of cases statewide is now approaching half a million, 478,000. Right now, there are currently 250 infected people hospitalized. 37 of those patients are on ventilators. The total number of vaccine doses administered in the state is a little over 3 million, while the number of completed vaccine series is 1,566,000. Now, what I want to point to, the point that needs to go into and fits perfectly in this narrative this morning, 683 new cases in one weekend. Think about that, folks. Louisiana's not a big state. We don't have a big population. Now, I'm going to blow your mind when I tell you where 90-plus percent of these new 683 cases are coming from. 
Southeast Louisiana. What's Southeast Louisiana? Baton Rouge, New Orleans. That's the heaviest, by far, concentration of people in our state. But there's some other information out there that kind of brings this to the surface of our consideration. The state of Louisiana, entire population percentage that have been vaccinated by one of the three vaccines, 31% statewide. That's really, really low. But in the New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Southeast Louisiana area, 70% have been vaccinated. That's no big deal, Dan. It's just like they're taking care of their business, right? Well, there's more information about this. Those 683 new cases, almost every one of them is a case of the Delta variant. The COVID-19 Delta variant. What does that mean, Dan? I don't know, folks. I don't know. There are people in the medical community, very, very well-known, educated plugged in, know all about infectious diseases and epidemiologists that are saying this Delta variant is more dangerous than the first. And why is that? Of these 683 new cases, folks, 683, every one of them, every one of these cases, almost without exception, is a case of the Delta variant. We've been told for some weeks, and not as evidence, but of probability, we've been told for weeks by medical experts that there's some connection, some connection. The infections, the number of infections, and the percentage of the infections that are of this new strain that don't add up. There's no way to explain this vast difference. And they're pointing to the Delta variant of being somehow pointed in a direction. I can't think of another phrase, another term to use. But pointed in a direction to impact people in a much more serious manner. And if you look back now, remember this. We've been told from the get-go by who? Dr. Anthony Fauci. The Delta variant. you got to get ready. you got to get ready, folks. It's going to be worse than the other. How would he know that? Why would he be saying that before it even showed up here in the United States? Do you realize the first variant infection in the United States happened and was confirmed less than 30 days ago? And all of a sudden those that are getting infected almost totally, it's not totally, but almost totally are vaccinated people. This is the thing I'm pointing out to you that you need to realize. Almost all of these 683 in South Louisiana, they have been vaccinated already. Now, wait a minute. When you get a vaccination, when you get a a measles in vaccination. When you're a kid, you're not supposed to get the measles. When you take a polio vaccine when you're a kid, which we all did, you may not remember it, but we did, you're not supposed to get polio. That's what vaccines are for. You go get one of the three vaccinations for COVID-19 in the U.S., 
you're not supposed to get COVID-19. Same thing held true for the flu. But we've kind of taken for granted and we've processed it into our reasoning that, oh, if you get the flu shot, there's a good chance you're still going to get the flu. Why is that? Doesn't that defeat the very purpose of our vaccine process? Why would we subject ourselves to have medicine put in us when it doesn't work? And we know going into our arms, it's, there's a good chance it's not going to work. And then, especially in this case, folks, in southeast Louisiana, 683 new cases over the weekend, and almost all of these people had been vaccinated. Well, you go check the mainstream media this morning. This information I just gave to you came from WGNO Television in New Orleans. It's been taken off the internet. I've got the story. If you want it, you want to see it or whatever, send me an email and I'll forward it to you, the story. But it's been pulled down. And that's just the surface, folks. Do you remember when um, all of the chaos followed the November 3rd election about the efficacy of the voting around the nation and that there were certain problems that kept popping up that many feel like to this day were not accidental. They didn't just happen. They were weaponized. People were using our election system for their own purposes. And if you think for a second that their purposes were to keep Donald Trump from a second term in office, if you talk about that, folks, you're going to get canceled. I mean, many very powerful people in medicine and even in our government have expressed their concerns about the fairness of that election. And when they say that publicly, they're immediately canceled. People in power are afraid to publicly even talk about that now. I mean, the left has put everybody that does in a box. You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. There's no proof of this. 500 election fraud cases are underway right now being adjudicated in Texas courts. 500 cases of election fraud tied to the January 6th election. Well, you're innocent until proven guilty. (laughs) What if only um, 10% of those 500 cases turn out to be real? Come on, folks. So what about all this stuff about the viruses? Let me just blow your mind. You remember after the election, when election night, most conservatives just could not believe what happened on television. When Fox News, before even some of the polls out west had even closed, they projected Donald Trump to win far less than he ended up winning. But nevertheless, they projected Joe Biden had defeated Donald Trump. So people started saying, Fox News, they're in the tank. They've gone over off the reservation. And we began to look for other replacement news media outlets nationwide. And I told you here at Truth News Network a couple of days after that, there were really only two so far that had stood up that could be counted on. One was One America News Network, OANN. And the second was Newsmax. So One America News Network, it's strictly an online um, entity. 
And uh, I watch them. I watch their YouTube channel and get a lot of information. Well, over the weekend, Friday of last week, they did an investigative analysis report and put it up on YouTube. One of their correspondents weighed in on what's happening in the European Union regarding this. I'm going to give you right now the audio from that YouTube video. And let me just tell you this. You can't get the video. More about that after this. But this guy, Pearson Sharp, from One American News Network, do away with your distractions right now and listen to this. It's about three minutes long, talking about what's happening COVID-19 related in Europe. More and more evidence from around the world is pouring in that raises doubts about the safety and efficacy of the vaccine for the Chinese coronavirus. Now, a new report from doctors in England calls for a complete cessation of using COVID vaccines on humans. That's according to the UK-based Evidence-Based Medicine Consultancy Group, which submitted its findings to Britain's Department of Health, claiming there is, quote, more than enough evidence to declare the COVID-19 vaccines unsafe for use in humans. Doctors say after examining official public health records, they looked at a number of reported side effects from the vaccine, including bleeding and clotting, unexpected immune system reactions, unusual pain reactions, neurological responses, loss of sight, hearing, speech, or smell, or adverse reactions affecting pregnancy, including miscarriage. Researchers explained that the products in the vaccine are toxic to humans and called for an immediate halt to the vaccination program to conduct a full investigation into these harmful effects. According to the VAERS website, a U.S. government site which tracks adverse reactions to vaccines, nearly 6,000 people have died as a result of taking this vaccine. Some 20,000 more have been hospitalized. Nearly 2,000 others have come down with Bell's palsy, a paralysis of the facial muscles, and 44,000 people have checked themselves in to urgent care. That's not to mention the 5,900 life-threatening reactions people have had directly from receiving the vaccine, including 2,200 people who suffered heart attacks as a result of getting the injection. And this is all government data. According to VAERS, over 650 women have suffered miscarriages as a result of the vaccine, and some 4,500 people are now disabled, some permanently. These numbers are greater than all the other side effects of all the other vaccines in the entire world combined. This is not normal. But then again, this isn't a normal vaccine. It's experimental. In Israel, the government mandated that young people get vaccinated to attend in-person exams at school, only to see a massive spike in cases of severe heart inflammation, known as myocarditis. Reported cases of the potentially fatal heart condition were 25 times higher than normal, with authorities in Germany stepping up and announcing young people should avoid the vaccine because it's just too dangerous. If the rates in Israel are any indicator, the U.S. can expect over 150,000 young Americans to come down with similar symptoms. 
Even the CDC says it's investigating after the link between the vaccine and heart inflammation appears much worse than previously thought. In fact, the agency is holding an emergency meeting to discuss this very issue. To be clear, this is an experimental drug, and it's now being administered without proper testing or safety protocols, something that's never been done before for any other disease. And we're witnessing the consequences of that firsthand. Why do we need an experimental, mandatory vaccine for a disease, by the way, which you have a 99.997% chance of surviving? Only time will tell the long-term consequences of rushing this vaccine to market. Although for some, it's already too late. For One America News, I'm Pearson Sharp. Okay, folks, One America News comes out with um, pretty, I would think everybody would say, serious revelation about what's happening for our neighbors across the pond to the east. Remember this, they went through the COVID-19 stuff, every bit of it, before it came to the United States, and we've been able to point to them and kind of see what the next wave is going to be. That Delta variant that Fauci is so big into telling us about, Um, that started in India and before long it made its way to Europe and then lo and behold, boom, it skips across the pond and the first case in America was found in California, the West Coast and then all of a sudden, it's popping up everywhere. That's a little bit strange but I think what's even stranger, listen to this. When I, when I heard about this, this OANN report, I went on YouTube. I wanted to get it and bring it directly to you guys. In fact, we were going to post a video at truthnewsnet.org in one of our stories. We couldn't find the video. Why is that? When I put his name in there, Pearson Sharp, OANN, COVID-19 report, a little disclaimer popped up. YouTube pulled it down. Google pulled it down, and they gave a purpose for all things being taken down from OANN. Not everything. You can get One America News Network stories still at YouTube on everything except what? COVID-19. Anything related to COVID-19, the disclaimer says, OANN, they're not going to publish it at YouTube because misinformation, incorrect information. I think everybody that just heard that, I think everybody understands there's something going on, something going on. And then yesterday, I mean, the day after the weekend, day after July 4th, on MSNBC, Joe, (laughs) the morning Joe, Dr. Fauci was there, hadn't seen him in a while, haven't heard from him in a while. Well, Dr. Fauci shows up, and he's being asked about all of this stuff. Listen to Fauci's response and his narrative that he spits out yesterday. On Meet the Press yesterday, Dr. Anthony Fauci was asked about the highly contagious Delta variant of coronavirus and issued a warning about regional disparities in vaccination rates. 
we're going to see, and I've said, almost Mm -hmm. two types of America. You know, those regions of America which are highly vaccinated, and we have a low level of dynamics of infection. And in some places, some states, some cities, some areas, where the level of vaccination is low and the level of virus dissemination is high, that's where you're going to see the spikes. Okay, another Fauci prediction. He's been doing it all along. He warned us. And his process of giving us information throughout the last 18 months about COVID-19, if you look back, if you tie it all together, the chronological order in which he does things, folks, he's predicted everything that was going to happen pretty much in advance of it. And he warned us, I've got the answer. I have the solution. Listen to me. Mask up, double mask up, triple mask up, get the vaccine. Get every one of them that you possibly can. He's supposed to be the number one guy in COVID-19 regarding all things in medicine worldwide. So here he is now, and he's basically what you just heard. He just stopped short of saying, I told you so, I told you so. Dr. Judy Mikovits, who used to be his partner in the laboratory during the HIV AIDS when they came up with the first medical treatment for it together, she was on our show more than a year ago, actually a year and two months ago, when we didn't know anything about COVID-19. It was just breaking in our nation, and there was all kind of fear, and everybody was concerned because we couldn't get any legitimate facts that the medical professionals are supposed to give to us. Oh, there were a lot of instructions coming from Dr. Fauci, but already by the time Judy Mikovits was on our show, a lot of the things he was telling us had been proven to be wrong. He would change the narrative, change the story. Well, you know, we didn't really know about this, and now we've got some confirmation, but we're going to be okay. But you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do that. She told us back then, what we were going to face through this pandemic that really wasn't a per se pandemic. And it really wasn't. She told us a bunch of things that were going to happen. If you didn't hear, you can grab that, that uh, hour and 45 minute interview that I did with her, Dr. Judy Mikovits. In fact, if you want it, send me an email, dan at truthnewsnet.org. And I'll respond to your email, I'll give you a link to it so you can hear the whole thing. It is eerie what Dr. Mikovits told us before anything began to happen. And the reason she predicted all these things was because she feels like it was all manipulated, including the fact that it wasn't, it did not originate in nature. Yeah, it was a virus. They all come that way. But it was weaponized in a lab in Wuhan. This is back May a year ago. And she's not alone in that. You just heard Dr. Fauci. Now, fast forward. I'm going to let you hear what happened in that interview yesterday on The Morning Joe when they were talking about what it meant, what Fauci said, what it really means, and gave us some instructions. Listen to this. Some Republican governors are expressing concern with vaccine hesitancy in their states. Arkansas's Asa Hutchinson, West Virginia's Jim Justice, and Utah's Spencer Cox all 
implored residents to get vaccinated yesterday. Those are among the three states where the vaccination rate is lagging and the Delta variant is spreading. So, Joe, uh, explain the these governors. Talk about what they're doing. I mean, these are states where folks just don't want to give in on their vaccine hesitancy. Well, there are states that are uh, stronger Republican states. So mm-hmm. you can actually see how America is divided. Uh, if if there are lower vaccine rates, chances are good. Uh, they're more likely to vote for Republicans. They're more likely uh, to be skeptical. Uh, they're more likely to be Trump supporters. That's why these Republican governors are going out in, in some of these states. And we saw Senator Tommy Tuberville in Alabama do the same thing where yeah. the vaccination rates are low there. And they're doing it for a good reason. First of all, they want their people to be healthy. But also, they want their states to be open for business. That's right. This is soon going to be an economic, going to cause economic disparity. If you're a business, think, listen closely to what Joe's about to say. He, Joe Scarborough, Mr. I know everything, Mr. I was in Congress for a while, but I was so bad, uh, I couldn't hold that seat. He's about to tell you and me exactly what's going to happen but it's only going to happen in republican-led states where you know those evil conservatives that are really unknowledgeable they don't understand anything oh by the way they're trump supporters listen to what our instructions are from this far-left sycophant who is pretty much a failure at most everything and you have a chance to move into a low-tax state uh where vaccinate rates are higher vaccination rates are higher are a vac or a state where vaccination rates are lower, you're going to move your company where vaccination rates are higher because mm-hmm. it's going to be harder to get the best and brightest workers to come to a state that's lagging way behind in vaccination rates because the, the workers aren't going to want to come, their spouses are not going to want to come, they're certainly not going to want to bring their children there. It's just an economic reality. So Joe, That's what we've been saying for some time on this show, where, where even if you don't care about people's health, uh, you, 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 even if, if you're, you're so selfish that you don't care, uh, just, just be selfish economically mm-hmm. and do the things you need to do to keep yourself sa- safe, your family safe, your community safe, so businesses can open up and work there. So this brain surgeon, Joe Scarborough, he just painted a picture of what people think, especially big corporation owners and stockholders, what they think, where they should relocate, and why they shouldn't relocate to these other places. The only problem with Scarborough's analysis is he's dead wrong. (laughs) We have, I, I, I don't know how many examples of big companies that are racing to get out of these big states like California and New York and Illinois. And guess where most of those big corporations are relocating to? Low? Low tax states. But not just that. As he said, he pointed out, in a lot of these lower tax states, the vaccination rate is much lower than these big states like California, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, where the vaccination rates are really high. That's opposite of what Joe said was going or is happening now. 
These big companies aren't want to go. They don't want to go to these places where these stupid conservatives live and are anti-vaxxers. But in reality, the exact opposite is true. Most Americans, folks, are sick and tired of these big-time, we-know-it-all elites in our nation at every level. I'm not talking about just politics. I'm talking about in business of all kinds. People are tired of being told to sit down and shut up when you ask questions that it's very reasonable to expect and, and want to give us answers for our questions if you're the people that are in the know. Fauci just, every time he gets in front of a camera, he doubles down. He doubled down on the, uh, the opinion that people that don't listen to him, people that don't quote-unquote follow the science, which is really don't listen to me, my version of science, you're stupid, you don't have any knowledge, you're a dweeb, and you're absolutely not believing the science. Define science and Fauciism. It's listen to me. I'm Dr. Fauci. I know everything. Just sit down, shut up, do exactly what I tell you to do, and everybody's going to be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. Interesting. Congressman Steve Scalise from um, Southeast Louisiana, as a matter of fact, from a suburb, lives in a suburb of New Orleans. Um, he is the minority whip in the U.S. Senate. Friday, conducting a, uh, a committee hearing, and he had some people come testify. Now, there were some people they wanted to come to the meeting, some very, very important people, very knowledgeable, very connected, very much in all things medicine, and they wouldn't come to the hearing. But listen to Congressman Scalise talk to those who came to that hearing and what the congressman had to say. That brings us to the conclusion of this hearing. Let me again thank our four witnesses. You are all experts in your field. You've all brought some incredibly riveting testimony, some concerning testimony, just in the sense that uh, more of these questions need to be asked. And, and frankly, uh, we, we should be getting answers from others who were also invited but didn't come forward because there are a lot more questions to be answered about the origins of COVID-19. I think it's been very clear from all of your respected testimony that uh, the origins of COVID-19 came from the lab, whether it was uh, engineered just completely uh, from the mice, uh, was there a source, a host like a bat, uh, but the bottom line is we need to be asking more of these questions, especially to people who do have these answers. And there are some people who have these answers who chose not to come. Uh, I would urge uh, our counterparts in the majority party to hold a bipartisan hearing where subpoena powers would be involved, where we can compel all witnesses who know information that has not been put on the table to come forward. We're here to find facts. We found out a lot of facts today. I think facts that are very helpful, facts that show that if China was just forthright early off in this process, going back to September, October of 2019, when they knew what was going on in that lab, but lied to the rest of the world. Lives could have been saved. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions globally, could have been saved. So let's make sure we get those answers so it never happens again, but also there needs to be accountability as well. Those are things that Congress should be debating. So far, this majority has chosen not to. Let's also continue to call for a expedited hearing on Senate Bill 1348, which would 
declassify much of that uh, information that the director of intelligence uh, of national intelligence has on the origins of COVID-19. Again, it passed the Senate unanimously. This is not partisan legislation. Uh, let's get all of these facts out there and those others who have information and have not yet come forward. Now is the time to come forward. The American people deserve to know uh, wherever the facts lead. And if, if the facts don't lead in a place that you're comfortable with, the facts are going to come out anyway. It's better for everybody who has information to bring it forward so that we can at least ask these questions, get the information, and learn from what happened. Uh, it's been very, very helpful uh, that we got this information out. I think you've all done an incredible service. Uh, and having this, uh, having this broadcast, I think, will open up and shine a light even brighter on something that we still need to dig and get more answers for. So with that, thank my colleagues for participating. Thank our witnesses again. We need more information. We need more people who are in the know to share the facts, to let us ask them questions and give us some answers. That's Congressman Steve Scalise. He happens to be from one of those low-percentage vaccination states that Joe Scarborough just diminished, everybody that lives in that state, which is my state, Louisiana. But when invited to come give the American populace facts and information on COVID-19, he didn't mention names, but every one of them were very connected, very quote-unquote knowledgeable people at the forefront of COVID-19 research and uh, it's treatment, and they refuse to come. I'm going to end this segment by asking you this question. Why, why would anybody with the seriousness of this vac- vaccine and the seriousness of this virus, and i got to be honest with you folks, don't in any way diminish that COVID-19 and the Delta variant are extremely serious. Nobody here is diminishing that. What we're doing is asking questions and we're looking to those that are in a place of authority and their responsibility in being in that place of authority is to give us the truth, to give us the real facts and information and not give us solutions and reasons and then change them 48 hours, 72 hours, two weeks later, three weeks later. If you don't know the facts about something, stop giving us something and telling us it's factual. Is Elon Musk an idiot? You heard that story we were talking about from what Joe Scarborough said. These big companies aren't going to relocate to these states where the percentage of vaccinations is really low. They want places where they're listening to all of the experts and so that you can't attract people to come, workers I'm talking about, to come to places like Texas and Florida and Tennessee because those are stupid people governed by stupid people when in fact it's exactly opposite of what Scarborough is telling people listening to his very small MSNBC morning show audience. They want to hear, if you listen to us, you're going to be okay. And then they listen to Joe and they do whatever Joe says. That in itself is scary to me. But what is worse, folks, those people and millions of Americans that don't even watch Joe Scarborough and MSNBC, that don't have the truth, they're in the same boat as all of those who just 
listen to what Scarborough and others like him say, hook, line, and sinker, and just swallow it and take whatever actions they're instructed to do. I can't tell you. It's not dangerous, folks. It's not just dangerous to listen to information and make life-changing decisions based on it. It looks like more and more doing that is fatal. Wow. I'm glad you joined, if for no other part of the show today than that particular segment, because folks, it's out there, and it's purposely being suppressed, and it's being suppressed by those who are in really high places in our lives, in places where they are supposed to be doing exactly the opposite, shining the light on every bit of news and information, and letting us see and hear what it is, and then to make our own determinations. They are making life and death decisions for you and your family members. And saddest of all folks, millions of us are letting them do it. A big chunk of that is Americans that are scared to death. They don't know the facts. They hear and see all the controversy, the arguments that are going back and forth, and it seems to be just political gobbledygook We can't know the truth because we have these quote-unquote experts over here saying this, and 180 degrees another expert is saying exactly the opposite. So what do we do? We find somebody that we maybe like their delivery method, the way they sound, the way they look, and they tell us they know what they're doing, and so we just sign on, swallow it hook, line, and sinker. And when we do that, it's a life and death decision. Wow. Well, there was a lot of other things that happened that were very important. I just saw, as we were warming up for the show today, I saw a report coming out of La Jolla, Texas, and it just made my blood boil. Something going on down there right now regarding illegal immigration. That and more right after this at TNN Live. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. (gasps) You can get the claim-free discount, which gives you money off your homeowner's policy if you've been claim-free for three consecutive years. Also applies for three successive years, three years straight, and what's known to insurance fans as the claim-free three-peat. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policies subject to terms and conditions underwritten by Farmers Truck or Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. Look, we know that boy's going to ask again, so let's be ready. Fine. I'll be him. You ready? Ready. Mom, could you hook me up with a GoPhone? You'll run up the bill, son. Yo, that's whack, Moms. GoPhone is totally different. What? It'll only cost me an arm? Chillax. It has unlimited talk and text. Seriously? Word. Okay, we'll get a GoPhone. Really? Uh, really? That is the bomb. Do you even know what the bomb means? Yes. No. Hey! GoPhone, only from AT&T. With unlimited talk to 65 million wireless AT&T customers and now unlimited text to anyone on any network. AT&T, your world delivered. Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. 
New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your buck. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. The I'm crazy hungry, so she's got to be too. Slide through the Mickey D's drive-thru to get a Big Mac. Right after I order her quarter pounder with cheese, because I don't know everything, but I do know what my girl's feeling hangry meal. Get it at McDonald's when you buy one of your faves, like the Big Mac, quarter pounded with cheese, 10-piece chicken McNuggets, or filet of fish, and get another for just a dollar. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid on item of equal or lesser value. Today's one of those days where you just got to find a, a good piece of music to listen to, a good song or whatever. And uh, I think maybe today you ought, to, you ought to look at watercolors on Sirius XM because it's real calm. <laughs> it's so easy to get caught up in the nastiness, folks. Don't let, it, don't let it take over. Don't let it dominate you. You don't have to. That's a choice that we make to do that or, or not to do it because... Folks, you just got today. That's all we're promised, today. And you need to be confident to know this. God's got a plan, and he's promised to take care of us, but he reminds us, you just got today. That's what his promise is for. So if he's got it in hand, I think we're, I think we're safe. What do you think? This just pop, popped up during the break. I thought I'd bring you this bit of information. This is coming out of Israel. This is crazy, folks. This is worldwide information that is being pounded into our brains, but we're not hearing it from our Fox Newses and Newsmax and, of course, definitely not the New York Times, the Washington Post, and others. The ability of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine to stop infections and prevent symptomatic COVID-19. You remember it was so effective, 90% plus? It's dropped. It's dropped. How far? 64%. This came out overnight. The Israeli government announced it. There was also a smaller drop in the vaccine's efficacy in preventing hospitalizations and more serious illnesses. And of course, this comes during the spread of what? The Delta variant. In particularly, the efficacy rate of the Pfizer vaccine against infection and this symptomatic disease was 94.5% between May 2nd and June 5th, but it dropped to 64% from June 6th to early July. The vaccine's efficacy in preventing hospitalizations and serious illness, it fell from 98.2% between May and June, down 93% from June 6th to July 3rd. Any person who came into contact with someone who had tested positive for the virus, and that includes people that had been vaccinated, folks, should get tested. The Israeli government is saying, you got the vaccine? Well, guess what, folks? You better go get tested again. A Pfizer spokesperson declined to comment on the data that came out of Israel. 
But that person, that advisor, cited some other research showing that antibodies elicited by the vaccine were still able to neutralize all tested variants, including Delta, although at a reduced strength. I love it when the people that create vaccines are telling us to rely on the antibodies that our body creates when it's exposed to a foreign entity, virus, bacteria, whatever it is. Our body doesn't even talk to us and say, hey guys, I'm dealing with this right now. It just automatically, thousands of times a day, experiences that new invader, whether it's a bacteria or virus, and it naturally begins to create from itself protection for that body. And so here's somebody from the company manufacturing this uh, vaccination saying, well, you know, uh, uh, the antibodies are working really, really well, like they work since the day of creation of us, period. <laughs> it's part of nature, and yet we got to weaponize it. We got to politicize it all. Wow. So out of La Jolla, Texas, first thing this morning, I saw the report live. It was a reporter standing there, had about 100 illegals in a group right behind him. And this is La Jolla's on the U.S. side of the border. These hundred or so people had just come across the Rio Grande River. A hundred and one clump, mostly women and children. He talked to several of them. They said they were from Nicaragua, which we haven't been told that was a hotbed of illegal activity coming across the border, but it's becoming more and more. Um, from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Those are the three that we know they're coming in large from, but Nicaragua as well. And this reporter said it was interesting to me to hear, and I could only listen for just a second because we were coming back out of a break. He said um, they weren't like caught. They just came across, and Border Patrol met them, helped them get out of the river, accommodated them, and just basically had people there that were doing what they do, but there was no negativism. It was kind of like, well, welcome in, y'all. What took you so long to get here in our, in our country? I don't know about you, but I've, I've yet to hear anything, any plausible Uh, I'm trying to think of the, the right term. Explanation. Okay, we'll call it a plausible exp explanation for this administration just opening our borders. I, um, I communicated with Congressman Mike Johnson during the evening yesterday evening. He's traveling today. He was going to be on the show with us, and he'll be with us later this week uh, to talk about the fact that our lawmakers, the people that we elect, including, I mean, at the federal government folks, every level from the president on down, even appointees that we don't elect, they take an oath of office to protect the Constitution. Well, what's a Constitution? It's the structure of how the government is going to uh, take care of us. We empower them. We send them up there through voting, and they're supposed to craft all our laws, be fair and impartial, support everything the Constitution says about the law, which is everybody's going to be treated equal 
equal justice under the law, right? They all put a hand on a Bible, raise the other hand in the air, and swear an oath that they're going to do that. And the President of the United States, among all of those people, should be the one that he just kills himself to make sure the rule of law is enforced around the nation. Not so anymore. That entire process is gone away. They just threw it out the window. It's done. It doesn't matter. The far left, led by Democrat Party leaders in the House and the Senate, they just picked up on what Barack Obama did with his attorney general in his first term. Eric Holder we're talking about. Barack told him, he said, look, you know this federal drug thing, this law where it's illegal to possess non-prescription drugs? You know, there are some pretty heavy penalties in federal law. You know those laws that members of Congress passed according to the U.S. Constitution? So here's what I want you to do, Eric. Stop enforcing them. For possession, just let it let it ride. I mean, after all, I'm Barack Obama. I'm the president of the United States, and I've got a pen, and I've got a cell phone. So we're going to govern if we can't get Congress to do everything we want. Forget about changing the law that that Congress passed and a previous president signed into law. Just forget about that. That's old. We're not going to do that anymore. We're the new guys in town. And we got it going on. So guess what? Eric Holder, he quit doing it. He quit enforcing illegal possession. A little bit of a conflict, don't you think? Because all 50 states have laws still to this day. All 50 states have laws regarding possession of illegal drugs. So what a conundrum for lawmakers. When the feds, who are supposed to be the most powerful law enforcement people in our country, when they're thumbing their noses at lawbreakers and saying, go ahead, we're not going to arrest you. That's the feds. But then the state guys, you know, the little guys, the ones that aren't the elite in law enforcement in America, they, by law, have to enforce the laws that are enacted in their states by the people and the people's representatives. I think maybe that was just a test to see how far we Americans would let our government go. How many of our civil rights, how much of our privacy, how much of our freedom we were willing to give away to the federal government in the name of fairness and equity. Those poor immigrants coming in here, they just want a better life for themselves and their families. Yeah, that's exactly why they come here. That's exactly why legal immigrants have been coming to the United States numbered at a million a year, a million a year, come into this nation and become U.S. citizens and doing in the legal process. They wanted a better life for themselves and their family members, but they did it within the law, a million a year. So what message is this sending out? to people in the United States, not just American citizens, but to everybody. You had 100 come in across the border this morning at one time, 100. Folks, we're looking at before the 2022 election at the rate we're going now, 2 million or more illegals are going to be allowed to come into this nation. What do we know about them? I'm not going to go through it all. You've heard it again and again. The Biden administration 
before the Biden administration, the Obama administration. These are not evil people. These are people that just want to come here and make a better life for themselves when a huge, a big, big number, percentage that are coming here, this isn't their first rodeo. They've been here before. And when they were here before, they broke the law. Many of the laws that were broken included murder and rape. 600,000 criminal acts and convictions by those illegal immigrants in a two-year period just in Texas alone. They come here. They commit these criminal acts. They're arrested. And when it is found out, discovered that they're illegals, well, the law says turn them over to ICE. And so these local governments do just that. They're deported. And then what happens? They just come on back. This is just a circle. I mean, and there's no law enforcement involved in this. There's no commitment to the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law. That's what Congressman Mike Johnson's going to talk to us about. He's involved in a big conference. And uh, he actually committed he'd find a way where even if we had to do it offline, we could do the interview and bring it to you the next morning. So just stay tuned for that. Meanwhile, let me give you an example of how this is playing out at the ground level. Arkansas Republicans, a very, very conservative state. And this group, including Governor Asa Hutchinson, who's a Republican, listen to what they've done. They've helped secure professional licenses for illegal aliens enrolled in DACA. And there's a brand new law in Arkansas that's been passed that's doing it. Here's what it looks like. This law took effect on the 1st of July. There are about 5,000 DACA illegal aliens in Arkansas. So now with this new law, along with illegal aliens who hold federal government-issued work permits too, now they get to obtain professional licenses to hold jobs in education and health fair and also among some other industries. The governor said, H.A. Hustinson said, all of Arkansas benefits when DACA illegal aliens can obtain professional licenses to take jobs in the state. And only one state senator, Trent Garner, and state representatives Joshua Bryant, Bruce Cozart, and Gayla McKenzie voted against it. The Republican legislature both in the state Senate and the state House, with the exception of those that I just mentioned, they voted to do this, to pass this law. It's Act 746. Formerly, it was called House Bill 1735. So those 5,000 DACA recipients and some others that have work permits, they can get licenses to do all of the things that regular Arkansans can do in jobs. The federal DACA program covers immigrants who were brought to the United States without authorization. They were illegal when they came, and they came with their their parents when they were kids. DACA allows them, and they're sometimes called dreamers, to stay here in the nation free from the threat of deportation if they meet some uh, particular qualifications. Although these folks are eligible for federal work permits, requirements at the state level 
have sometimes stopped them from becoming licensed in specific professional fields. So now they get to do just like every other person that's here. You know, those other folks, and we call them citizens of the United States. So that means doctors, lawyers, teachers, and other commercial and private areas that require licenses in Arkansas, they're going to be able to get it. No questions asked, just come on down. You put that in the context of what Joe Scarborough was talking about and that soundbite we played from their show yesterday morning, and it makes absolutely no sense. It's exactly opposite of what Joe said. <laughs> there are so, much, so many conundrums out there. There's so much irony in everything going on. It's really, folks, it, it's breathtaking. You can't catch your breath. And just as soon as you think you got something nailed down, they just throw a grenade out in the middle of it and blow it all up, your concept and your idea, and the things that you thought. Those are over, folks. That's gone. Let me ask you this. Did you hear it was very, very odd over the weekend? Remember those 11 heavily armed men up on the east? When, they, uh, when I say heavily armed, they were out on the interstate getting out of cars, holding rifles. It was pretty spooky, as a matter of fact. The group wore military fatigues, and they carried long rifles. What's a long rifle? A shotgun, a regular rifle, like an AR-15. And they stopped people from driving along the Wakefield stretch of the East Coast North-South Arterial Road. And they claimed when they were confronted that Federal laws don't apply to them. So one news outlet later changed its story to say there were only nine men, all of which were unarmed and were arrested. Now, put that in context. Oh, they're 11 guys. They're out on the streets. They've got guns. They've got long rifles. And they wore military fatigues. They're terrorists. And then the story changes later. A clarification, you know how that works. There were only nine men, and they were unarmed, and they were arrested. However, it wasn't over then. Confusion kept on going on social media. A bunch of puzzled readers like this guy, me, repeating the Associated Press's conflicting information on just how the group was caught, how they were apprehended. This is a quote from the AP story. The men refused to put down their weapons or comply with authorities' orders. That's according to City of Salem Advisory Board member Felipe Gonzalez. And they all somehow lived. And of course, the context was they got to be white terrorists, right? Twitter user Valerie Monica accused the media outlet of omitting some details because the organization supports extreme anarchist protesters. She tweeted this, Just curious, AP, but why did you publish such a poorly written article? You neglected a physical description, race, you know, the important expletive deleted. We all know they were black men. Pictures, names, ages, and bullet holes would be posted. Fellow user, the victor, he speculated the Associated Press just kind of changed the facts to disclose race because all of the armed men were Caucasians. 
Since no one was killed during this whole incident, it's safe to assume it was a vehicle full of white men loaded with weapons, he said. Just saying, police can actually defuse situations when they want to, huh? Another guy said, I couldn't find pictures, but I'm going to assume being white was a strong factor in them leaving the scene alive. And the tweets just kept going, kept going, kept just kept going. Everybody was speculating one side or another. They're black, they're white, they had long guns, and why they weren't killed. Finally, a CBS Boston news anchor, Rodriguez, shared footage of one of the gunmen who was clearly black. I have expressed to you multiple times we're not any government. One of the armed, uniformed men speaking with Massachusetts State Police negotiators in the middle of it. It's on I-95. It is being live-streamed on an Instagram account for the Moorish Constitutional Convention Committee. Don't ask me, folks. (laughs) I don't know who the Moorish Constitutional Convention Committee is. We are not anti-government, he said. We are not anti-police. We are not sovereign citizens. We are not black identity extremists, he said. As specified multiple times in the police uh, report that we gave to them, we are abiding by the peaceful journey laws of the United States. And according to one news report, the fact that the protesters confirmed they're not black identity radicals should have been sufficient warning that this was not (laughs) a Klan meeting. But of course, everybody on the other side, oh gosh, they got to be white. They got to be white. Nobody died. Nobody got shot. So they got to be white. They were all black. And this, of course, also explains why protesters thought they were exempt from U.S. law because they call themselves citizens of their own sovereign nation state and are subject to neither our laws nor any international rules. None of the group had weapon permits because they didn't consider themselves subject to laws that compelled them to apply for one. And so guess what happened? About six hours later, (laughs) the Associated Press finally amended its first story to confirm that 11 armed individuals had parked on the side of the road with their hazard lights on and at least one of the two cars ran out of gas. So they stopped. (laughs) You can imagine 11 armed guys standing with long guns slung on an interstate highway at 2 in the morning. Certainly raised some concerns. Not consistent with the firearms laws that we have in Massachusetts. That's according to State Police Colonel Christopher Mason. The men refused to put their weapons down or comply with authorities claiming to be from a group that does not recognize our laws before some of them took off into a wooded area. Suspects surrendered after police tactical teams used armored vehicles to tighten the perimeter around them. And this isn't the first time they've done this, folks. First, I'm not talking about these guys. I'm talking about the media. (laughs) Not the first time. Social media followers prematurely drew conclusions. Former USA Today race and inclusiveness editor Emel Yavera previously blamed quote-unquote angry Caucasians for causing the March 22nd King Supers supermarket shooting in Boulder. It's always an angry white man, she said on Twitter at the time. However, that gunman, 
it really was a gunman, really did happen in Boulder, was eventually identified to be of Middle Eastern background. Avera was quickly dismissed from USA Today. And then Twitter user Wordburn Steinem, who initially thought the gunmen were white, didn't admit to his mistake, and he quickly shifted his criticism to some other liberal topics. So don't think for a second there is not a concerted effort out there to demean whoever is at the time politically correct to demean. Forget about facts. You know, just a small, slight mess up. Only white people do anything like that. You know, on the side of the road, middle of the night, wear fatigues, carry long guns. That couldn't be a black person. That wouldn't fit the narrative, the political narrative of the day now, would it? More in a moment. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. So it's this beautiful summer day, and while most guys would say, let's go to the beach, Donnie says, Hey, let's go to Pilgrim Furniture in Mattress City. They're having a warehouse sale. I say, are you serious? He says, your place needs furniture. And at this sale, you can get beautiful stuff and save 50, 60, even 80%. So we go to the Pilgrim Warehouse Sale. I buy a sofa, a love seat, and this really cute dinette set. But the big thing is, we pick it out together, Donnie and me. Maybe this relationship is going somewhere. The Warehouse Sale at Pilgrim Furniture in Mattress City. Hi, Tom Bodet. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are, and we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodet for the new improved Motel6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you. Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, my company has like seven different printers. How's your ink selection? Behold, Staples Wall of Ink. Just wow. A huge selection of ink and toner guaranteed in stock. Hello, awesome. If it's not, we take $10 off and ship it to you free. Pinch me. I said pinch. I heard you. New low prices on ink and toner and an in-stock guarantee. Staples, make more happen. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for the $3.99 6-inch sub of the day. How do you want it? Secret DJ set. At a retirement home? Weird. I like it. DJ sandwich in the house. What did he say? Italian BMT $3.99. I called the EMT? Turkey breast $3.99. How much? $3.99. $3.99? Bingo! Limited time at participating shops. Prices and subs included may vary. Additional charge for extras plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons applied. In a world where a president can be censored by social media in his own country, you need a break from the madness. Your doctor of sanity again, Dan Newman. Just as a P.S. on the story we just did about those 11 guys over there on the East Coast that supposedly were KKK or angry white men with long guns. Have you heard of the newspaper in Israel, the Jerusalem Post, a very hard left um, Israeli news outlet? We don't hear much about them. We don't bring them any, uh, bring to you any news and information coming out of the Post, just simply because they're always kind of way out there. Well, they got kind of way out there on this story yesterday. Listen to this. They've published a photo reporting this whole incident. This picture was of white men 
who were wearing combat, combat vest with Confederate battle flags. Okay. You heard what was said. The initial reports came in. Oh, it's got to be white guys, angry, mad white guys, white guys, white guys. And that means they're, you know, they got guns. They got to be KKK. They got to be from the Confederacy. Well, the Jerusalem Post, they just fell right in line. They posted a picture of a bunch of white guys that had on combat vest and they were waving Confederate battle flags. <laughs> you can't make this up, folks. You can't make it up. The only question is why? Why are they really, they being the far left, they are doubling and tripling down on anything and everything they can use to make conservatives of all political ilk here in the United States. It doesn't matter if you're African-American. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. If you don't agree with the far-left policy of the day, then you're an evil person. And anything bad that happens in any sector of our society, it happens only because white people, conservatives, are evil. And don't think for a second this that's flooding across every sector of our American life. Don't think it's not coming at a toll. And what is that toll? Folks, all any of us really have ever wanted is what's guaranteed us in the United States Constitution. Do you understand that when somebody steps foot on the soil in the United States, every part of their life is protected, and it's also required for them to abide what's in the U.S. Constitution, even if you're here illegally. What does that mean, Dan? That means that they, just like you and me, they have the right to pursue the dreams of their life, whatever they are. Of course, there's that little requirement that they, if they want to do that here, they've got to do it within the confines of the law the rule of law in the Constitution. But they get the same other rights. If they're arrested for something, they're constitutionally going to be given legal representation if they can't afford it. And they're considered innocent until and unless proven guilty, just like you or I. But that requirement begins with the United States Constitution and the rule of law. And that means they got to abide by that. If they want the whole thing, the whole banana, they get the whole banana. If they want little bits and pieces of it, they're not going to fit. They'll never be here legally until that process is made by law. And that is just steaming every day. Everybody on the left. They don't want to abide by the law anymore. They want you and I to, but they refuse to. Oh, that, you know, when it comes to immigration... We need to even stop calling them illegal aliens. That's demeaning. No, it's factual. And there are immigration laws at the state and federal level that use that term, illegal aliens. They live by symbolism over substance. Doesn't matter what the truth is. Doesn't matter what the facts are. It's whatever they say it is. And anything other than that is evil. And anybody that doesn't agree with that, you're evil. I guess, baby, that means I'm evil, right? 
So where did President Biden go? What's he got going on over the holiday weekend? Well, he made several appearances. He and Jill went different paths, but they were out there. And in the middle of all of this, every time President Biden gets in front of a camera with a microphone, no matter what he says, no matter what his subject is that he's speaking about, it just becomes more and more obvious every day that there's some problems there. And so just for a few moments, I want to consider this one thing. You remember Ronnie Jackson? He's now a U.S. representative, member of Congress, the House of Representatives from Texas. But then he was the White House physician for this president and previous presidents, as a matter of fact. So over the weekend, Representative Jackson, Dr. Jackson, called on Democrats to follow through with their prior demands regarding any president, including this one. They didn't specifically mention Joe Biden. It all centered around, if you remember, Donald Trump and that slipping incident that happened when he in the middle of winter went to make a speech. I think it was at the Naval Academy and he was walking down a ramp at the end of it and he held on a rail of this ramp and you could tell he was being very gingerly as he walked and instantly the left stream media just went nuts that he was having cognitive problems. Well, Ronnie Jackson said Democrats should continue to press for cognitive ability testing to happen for every president. And he says President Biden should be assessed. The far left and the mainstream media were demanding that be, that be the new standard for anybody who's going to lead our country and be our commander-in-chief and our head of state, Dr. Jackson said in an interview on Sunday. Just saying, I agree with them at this point. We need to get it done. Now, he did administer the test that Democrats were demanding on Donald Trump. And he explained over the weekend in this interview that the exam is not an IQ test, but rather a standard test for age-related issues, including dementia and cognitive decline. Now, this White House, the Biden White House, said last month, Biden is scheduled to take his physical exam later this year, which if done before next year would be completed sooner than Donald Trump's health exams. Both Trump and Obama took the same exams at the start of their second year in the Oval Office. But Dr. Jackson pointed out that the White House has not yet said if the cognitive exam will be included during the president's health screening. He argued that Donald Trump set a new precedent regarding a president's mental assessment a sentiment at one point that was shared by, guess who? Nancy, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. You probably don't remember this, but in October last year, Pelosi introduced a bill that would create a bipartisan commission of health advisors to evaluate the ability of a president to serve in the highest office in the U.S. This legislation applies to future presidents, she said but we are reminded of the necessity of action by the health of the current president. It's not about any of us making a judgment about this president's well-being, she said. Of course, her target was to show and prove that Donald Trump had cognitive decline. A lot of Republicans have voiced their shared concerns when it comes to Biden. 
I think he's demonstrating every single day that there is something going on, Dr. Jackson said. He added, you don't need to be a physician to look at this behavior and see there's something concerning happening. You can go back. There's 40 years of tape of this man. He's always made gaffes and stuff, but this is different. He's confused. He's disoriented. We all know people who are 100 years old who basically are as sharp as a tack. We know people who are in their mid-60s that have something that's cognitive difficulties. And I think he's on that end of the spectrum. He's not just aging gracefully at this point, Dr. Jackson said. What do you say about that? (laughs) I mean, what can you say? What's wrong with it? I think it's a 30-question test. And by the way, Donald Trump aced it. He got every one of them right. According to him, in an interview recently, President Trump, former President Trump, the first 15 tests, uh, questions on the test were easy. And he said, Biden had probably passed them, but he said those second 15, he said, I, I'm not confident he would make it through those. So do you think this is going to be left laying? that it's not going to be thought of and brought up again and again and again and again. I promise you it will be. And what's going to happen if the decline that we are seeing play out on a national stage every day of this president, as that continues probably to worsen, we're going to see calls by Democrats who think that Sleepy Joe needs to be tested. But I will tell you this. He's, he's not slowing down Joe Biden. He's after it, folks. They announced during the holiday weekend a federal initiative, and this is another thing that just blows my mind that we are even contemplating or thinking about, but he's doing it. This initiative will bring back to the U.S. illegal aliens who were deported for committing crimes, but who are the relatives of American service members as well as veterans and service members who were deported after they committed crimes. I mean, think about this, folks. It's not its not like we have some stuff here to kind of captivate our attention and things we have to do. you got to sit down and really think through to come up with this process again. Biden's administration, forget about the rule of law, forget about the Constitution. They're going to bring back to the U.S., illegal aliens who were already deported, and the reason they were deported wasn't just for being here, but for their committing of crimes. And they're the relatives of American service members as well as veterans and service members who were deported after they committed crimes. So in other words, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past, if you've been an illegal and done egregious egregious crimes in your own country before you come here, we're going to ignore that. But not only that, if you're here and you're here illegally, or even if you were here temporarily and you were here legally, but because you committed crimes and you were an illegal alien, you were deported, we're going to bring them back. We're going to give them a second chance. Forget about that law thing. So that amazing man of knowledge and integrity, the Department of HSS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, over the weekend, very quiet news weekend and 
Hardly any Americans were looking or listening in regarding the news. He, over the weekend, gave the details of that initiative. It's going to bring back to the U.S. illegal alien service members, their illegal alien relatives, and veterans who were deported after they committed crimes. Here's what he said. Together with our partner, the Department of Veterans Affairs, we are committed to bringing back military service members, veterans, and their immediate family members who were unjustly removed. Did you hear that term he used? They were unjustly removed. So what is Majorca saying? You just heard his whole philosophy. Now, he's an attorney. He was a practicing attorney. And he's been in a previous administration in another capacity. But he knows all this stuff. He actually said, folks, these people were unjustly removed. And he continued, we're going to ensure they receive the benefits to which they may be entitled. Today we're taking important steps to make that a reality. So here's how they say it's going to happen. DHSVA, they're going to work together to find these deported veterans who they say are potentially eligible for VA benefits and ensure that they, as well as their families, are provided any one of the COVID vaccines. Mayorka said he has ordered U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services and ICE and Customs and Border Protection to review these cases of all eligible current and former illegal alien service members and the immediate illegal alien relatives of service members who would be eligible under this initiative to return to the U.S. Now, this initiative, this initiative, this initiative. Folks, what they are going to do, and probably because they told us, here's how they do this. They hide regarding everything to do with illegal immigration. They being this government, this administration. They hide the different sections of things that they initiate and do they hide it from Americans. They don't give us a, guess what, we're going to start next month on the first day of the month. They don't give us that. They wait till after they're caught. And then they come out and say, oh, here's what we're doing. And here's why we're doing it, because all these people are worthy. So these people were deported under the law. Biden and Mayorkas, they got caught already doing this or they wouldn't have put it out over the weekend, but they put it out over the weekend and they're saying, we're going to ignore the law in this total regard because these people, they're good people and they work for us. They're veterans. Oh, and they're family members who are illegal. They're not veterans, but because we don't want to break up a family, we're better than that Trump administration in that regard. We're going to bring them all back here and we're going to give them VA benefits that, by the way, folks, when they were convicted for criminal action, that nullified their eligibility for Veterans Affairs compensation and retirement and health care. Mayorkas and Biden are going to ignore the law and do it. Forget about the law. They don't give a rip about the law. It's whatever they want. Whatever They don't necessarily think that it's right. They say it is, and that's their justification for breaking the law. They are suborning. They are suborning 
illegality, criminality of many felony convicted individuals, bringing them back to once again let them go anywhere, give them all the rights of being a full citizen, but they're going to give them all the benefits, the financial and economic and educational benefits that only citizens and legal immigrants are supposed to be eligible for. Oh, you probably, I'm I'm looking over here. We, We have people from Oregon, all over California, people out on the West Coast listening in. Thank you so much for being here. We have that pocket. It's still, it just, I I don't understand it, but we have a pocket in the inner part of Australia that every day when we do this show, there's a group of 10 or 15 IP addresses of computers in that area that are listening to us live. For you folks over there, down under, thank you for listening live because it's in the middle of the night where you are, and we appreciate you joining us. There's some good news out there, folks. I don't want to just say everything's bad all the time. Have you ever looked at that website, Worldometers? Have you? It, um, I'm, I'm, as we speak, I'm pulling it up. I want, to, I want to give you some information that is up there today. Let me find it real quick, Worldometers. Okay, you might want to bookmark this and look it up yourself. It is Worldometers. It's like worldometers.info. And what it is, it's a rolling website with statistics on various things, like the world population. And then it's broken down births so far this year, births today, deaths this year, deaths today, net population. Then it's got government and economics, public health care expenditure, public education expenditure, public military expenditure, cars produced, bicycles produced. And then there's a section under society and media. Uh, new book titles published, newspapers circulated, TV sets all worldwide. There's some very good information. And as you look at this this site, the numbers keep rolling up based on national averages by the moment. I mean, literally by the second. And it's very interesting to go through this and look at some of the stuff that's down there. They have a section for food, a section for environment, a section for water, a section for energy a section for health. And this morning, I'm looking at the numbers under health, and it's abortions, one of the entries there that keeps that meter rolling. Abortions this year. Right now, we're in July, early July, already this year, 21,768,700-plus abortions have taken place worldwide this year so far. Think about that, folks. Think about that. I don't know about you, but I think abortion is probably one of the most, if not the most egregious thing to happen anywhere in the world at any time. Well, the Iowa Supreme Court did something on Friday that I I applaud. They ruled that the state of Iowa has legal authority to prohibit abortion providers such as Planned Parenthood, from providing sex education programs funded by federal grants in their state. In a 6-1 decision, their high court, the state Supreme Court of Iowa, they upheld a 2019 law that banned Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers 
from getting federal money to provide sex ed programs. In a statement, Monica Klein, who is a former Title X Planned Parenthood-educated sex education instructor, said the Iowa Supreme Court's decision is one that parents and their kids should be celebrating. Planned Parenthood's entire business model relies on separating kids from their parents, she said, who are referring to as barriers to service. If Planned Parenthood, she said, is allowed in our schools, it means that they're talking to your kids about sex, contraception, STDs, and their version, their version of healthy relationships. If parents don't connect with their kids and talk about these kind of hard topics, somebody's going to do it, folks. If we don't sit our kids down at some point and have the conversation, I don't care if they're female or male, they're going to hear about it from school, and they're not going to get the correct interpretation of what all that means. I encourage you, and many of you listening in, I know you are, your grandparents. Maybe you didn't do that with your kids when they were growing up. Sit down with your children that are now having children and talk to them and say, look, they're going to get every type of information that there is out there for everything important from their schools. If, if you haven't had the conversation, have the conversation with my grandchildren and let them know factually before they get it shoved in their face by people who are in everything that they say for political purposes. Give them the truth. Talk them through the good and the bad and just let them know what they need to understand. Give them your version before they get the other version because I promise you, the two are going to be totally different. We're just getting started, and we've got 30 minutes left. I've got much, much more very important information. Sit tight. Back in two minutes. DesMoinesHelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month, the one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week, you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday, you took a selfie, hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday, you were at an amusement Park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Dave's, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my god, it talks! Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! What? Stay back, I've got mace! Ow, that went in my eyes! We're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. 
the new home of Craftsman. honest with you i got i got so much important stuff i mean think about it we hadn't been together since friday so that's saturday sunday monday tuesday in four days life keeps happening and amazingly good things and amazingly bad things happen even when we're asleep or we're celebrating holidays that's not a bad thing we just need to find our spot in the middle of that don't you agree there's some more information coming out about illegal stuff And it's another nasty thing. Panama, the nation of Panama, and a neighboring country, Costa Rica, they have created a joint policy known as, quote-unquote, controlled flow. What's it for? To secure safe passage to many illegal migrants traveling through their territories on their way, guess where? To here, the United States. So instead of stopping those illegals and sending them back to their home country, the governments of Panama and Costa Rica, they're serving as coyotes, providing transportation through their countries and getting them closer to the United States. Todd Benzman, a guy who is a control flow expert at the Center for Immigration Studies, said that the two Central American countries decided to take over the smuggling of migrants transitioning from unscrupulous human traffickers who were abusing them during a surge in 2016. He urged the American government to use diplomatic muscle on the Panamanian and Costa Rican governments to stop this practice because it's smuggling that puts U.S. national security at risk. So why is the Panamanian and the Costa Rica government doing this, folks? Listen to this. The United States State Department is providing assistance to help Panama and Costa Rica smuggle U.S.-bound illegal migrants from Haiti, Cuba, and outside the Americas through this territory. We're paying them to do this, folks. We're paying these two countries' governments to take this money away from the coyotes. They're going to get it directly from us, taxpayers. This guy, Todd Benzman, urged the American government to use that diplomatic muscle to stop them. He recommended that Americans give the resources to those two countries necessary for detention, housing, and adjudication, and then flights for deportation. When the State Department was asked whether it does do this, helps Panama deal with the migrants that are transitioning through its territories on their way to the United States, one spokesman acknowledged that the State Department does provide humanitarian assistance to Panama through their international organization partners to, quote, enhance its ability to manage and protect migrants during emergencies and crises. 
Currently, right now, Panama is facing an unprecedented influx of migrants on the way to the U.S. It stopped some terrorists who were trying to blend in with the migrants. And Panama, through our international organization partners, the United States provides basic humanitarian aid to asylum seekers, refugees, and vulnerable migrants, and supports efforts to increase, increase access to local services. That's a Biden administration spokesperson. But in essence, folks, the United States taxpayers, you and me, we are now paying for Panama and Costa Rica to intercept these migrants that are coming through their countries, and we're paying Panama and Costa Rica to bring them closer to our border to make it easier for them to get here. Meanwhile, everybody's forgotten. Nobody wants to talk about it. Donald Trump went to the border last week. During the days that uh, led up to that Governor Abbott's briefing that he gave to former President Donald Trump last week, agents down south seized more than $2.5 million in just that part of the week. $2.5 million in street value worth of cocaine methamphetamine and marijuana just in the Rio Grande Valley sector. If you have a drug problem anywhere in the country, you have a border problem. That's according to Texas Department of Public Safety Director Colonel Stephen McCraw. He told that to President Trump. If you've got a drug problem anywhere, you have a border problem. If it's cocaine, methamphetamine, fentanyl, and heroin, the Mexican cartels own it, plain and simple. Numerous seizures last week at border ports of entry and in cities across the Rio Grande Valley. For the Border Patrol, agents routinely, they get about 43% of all cross-border illicit drug seizures that happen everywhere in the United States. Almost half come through just that one little section of South extreme southeast Texas. In one 12-hour period during the week of Trump's visit, Border Patrol agents seized more than a million dollars in marijuana being smuggled across the Rio Grande Valley River in just three failed attempts. On Tuesday alone, Border Patrol agents seized nearly half a million dollars worth of marijuana in two separate seizures in less than one hour in Rio Grande City, Texas. That same day, just north of Roma, Texas, 20 drug mules carrying 14 bundles of marijuana abandoned their drug load and took off, trying to escape capture by the Border Patrol. The marijuana weighed more than 1,040 pounds. In all, more than $1,500,000 in marijuana was seized in just one day. Folks, we can talk about criminality and horrible acts committed by these illegals coming in. But probably the most egregious thing that's coming in with them are these dangerous drugs. Do you know that in one week, a couple of weeks ago, in just one week, enough fentanyl coming in, it was originated somewhere off this continent, probably from China. That's what authorities feel is the source of where most of this fentanyl is coming. In one week, enough fentanyl was seized at our southern border in Texas, enough fentanyl to kill every American. Think about that. 330 million of us 
in one week at our southern border, enough fentanyl was caught, seized by our federal government sufficient to kill us all. And the Biden administration is assisting that, folks. Meanwhile, back in D.C., the Biden administration is, they are picturing millions of illegal migrants, calling them worthy, essential workers because they've taken jobs in critical economic sectors of our economy. But more than 50 million Americans work in those sectors and are not getting invites, didn't get them, to show up at the July fireworks on the White House grounds, but a bunch of the illegals did. This 4th of July, immigrant essential workers from At CASA, C-A-S-A, At U Foundation, and UFW Updates went to the White House to celebrate and watch the fireworks. There are 11 million immigrants who are American in every way but on paper, this CASA released. This 4th of July, immigrant essential workers from CASA, UFW Foundation, and UFW Updates headed to the White House to celebrate and watch the fireworks. Now that UFW, that's the United Farm Workers Union, and as you know, millions of illegal aliens come up and support very cheap labor, very illegal, our agriculture folks, especially down in the Southwest. The legal status of the migrants that are included in this, that were included in it, is vague because amnesty groups and their media outlies routinely picture illegal aliens as immigrants, like they are legal immigrants, trying to diminish the nature of the lawlessness that accompanies these folks from doing that. They want Americans to normalize. Ah, you know, illegals are coming here all the time. We're just... We're just going to let them in. I mean, after all, we're United States of America. We're the most uh, friendly, care-taking country on planet Earth, and we need, we owe it to everybody to let them come in here and join us and be free, and we'll take care of them while they're coming, and when they get here, and we're going to just look away from the fact that what they're doing is illegal in the first place, and yeah, we know News and information is out there that hundreds of thousands of them are convicted felons in their own nations, or they've been here before, in some cases multiple times, committed acts of violence in some cases, but lawlessness in other cases, and we shipped them, we deported them back, and they came back in, which was illegal, and they perpetrated more crimes. We know all that, but we can overlook it. Why? We're the United States of America, and that's what we do here. We give everybody a second and third and fourth and fifth chance. Now, this next bit of information, it may shock you. It did me when I heard about it. But it's important that everybody knows. Wednesday of last week, a week ago tomorrow, Japan's number two defense official said this, and I haven't found but one media outlet that reported this. Now this is the number two. The number two in Japan's defense. He said China and Russia 
are showing increased signs of their military cooperation and the two nations' activities in the Pacific are showing signs that they're planning to launch a Pearl Harbor-style attack on the United States, similar to how Japan did on December 7, 1941. And that's when the U.S. got into World War II. Now, this is pretty significant for the number two guy who is in Southeast Asia, right in the middle of the fray, and they 24-7, they watch China. Everything China does, they watch it very closely. And now China and Russia are working together over there. So this Japanese state defense minister, I can't even pronounce his name and I won't try, he was speaking at a Hudson Institute event, and he said this, 70 years ago, we attacked Pearl Harbor. But now the U.S. and Japan are very good allies, one of the best allies all over the world. He went on to say now Russia naval forces are really exercising just right in front of the western part of Honolulu. Now, folks, Honolulu is a long way from Russia. It's a long way from Japan. Russian naval forces are, quote, really exercising just right in front of the western part of Honolulu. And he said, I don't want to remind everybody the 70 years ago, but we have to be careful of the exercising of the Russians. Japan's state defense minister is a direct deputy to its defense minister, Japan's top defense official. Recently, Russia's fleet, we've, we've seen it. It's conducted its own naval drills near Hawaii, including practicing sinking an aircraft carrier. Some Russian ships have been reported operating within 35 miles of Hawaii's coastline. In the middle of the nearby Russian naval drills, the U.S. Navy repositioned Carrier Strike Group 1 in the Hawaiian Islands operating area. So at least we're not, we're not letting this happen with our eyes shut. We're kind of watching, making sure. This Japanese minister said, we have to show the deterrence towards China, and not just China, but also the Russians. Because as I told you, they are doing their exercises right now. China and Russia are doing very good. They're big buddies, he said. They're very good friends. But on the other hand, they're creating their own missile capability, their own submarine capability. They're sharing their knowledge together, even with academia, I guess, or research and development, Nakayama. I don't even know if that's the right pronunciation. <laughs> so we got to be more focused on how to protect and not just protect, but how to hedge our risk there. Wow, that's a big thing. At least we're not being caught napping. At least I think we're not being caught napping. I would assume that our Joint Chiefs of Staff that run our U.S. military in conjunction with the president, I would think they're all over this. And obviously they're not giving us information like this Japan defense minister did simply because they don't want the word to get out. But I sure hope that we're prepared for something because if it happens like it did way back then with the difference in military arms and capability and power and might, if we have another world war, folks, especially with 
two countries like China and Russia, whatever's going to happen, it can happen and be over with very, very quickly. And with, with it would come some pretty horrible things for most of us. So let me ask you this. With all of this stuff going on and the, the um, information that every day is put in the public space for information regarding Joe Biden, his personal difficulties, his governing difficulties, and the fact that he is just totally left. He's abandoned his career-long moderate policies of the Democrat Party somewhere in the middle, and he's left all that behind, and he's just run to the left, and he's just instigating every piece of leftist, far-leftist agenda that those totalitarian-leaning lawmakers in Congress want him to do. Have you wondered how the American people are feeling about that? Well, the Washington Post revealed on Saturday, now this is the Washington Post. On Saturday they said, only 33% of Americans say they approve of how this president is handling illegal immigration on the southern border. And when you narrow that down to just Democrats, only 63% approve of the way he's handling this immigration problem. And you would think because they're Democrats, you would think it'd be up in the 90% range, wouldn't you? But it's drawing to be where close to half of his own party disapprove of his policies. The Post also indicated only 38% of Americans approve of his handling of crime. And 48%, half, disapprove. On Monday, July 4th, the Associated Press offered his July 4th speech, did a story in saying it was a long-awaited opportunity to highlight COVID-19 during the largest event yet of his presidency, the clearest indication yet that the U.S. has moved into a new phase of virus response. Biden, in that speech, he wanted all of us to celebrate after enduring 16 months of the disruption in our pandemic and more than 600,000 deaths. The White House encouraged gatherings and fireworks displays all around the country to mark, as though ripped from a Hollywood script, the nation's independence from the virus. And that's the Associated Press. They're echoing Biden's hyper-focus on, oh, we're going to be fine, we're going to be fine. But that focus by the president on the pandemic doesn't hide the evidence that illegal boarding crossings are up nearly 700% from last May. Seven times what they were last May. While crime, it's going through the roof in Democrat-run cities especially. In the middle of their calls, continue today to defund the police. It was reported June 23rd that homicides have increased 58% in Democrat-run Atlanta, 533% in Democrat-run Portland, Oregon, and 37% in Democrat-run Philadelphia. Shootings, just shootings alone, are up 54% in Democrat-run New York City, 51% in Democrat-run Los Angeles, and 18% and Democrat-run Chicago. Wow. 
So what does everybody in Washington, D.C. think about this midterm election? They're already forecasting and projecting now, folks. They always do. Democrats project. Republicans project. And folks, we're just a year, let's see, uh, August, September, October, November, five. We're a year and five months away, which isn't long in speak, away from having an election, our midterm elections, in which every member of the House of Representatives faces election every two years. So what do they think is going to happen? What's going to come out of that in D.C.? I got it for you. Straight from the horse's mouth, right after this. Cars today are computers on wheels. That's it. Uh, The fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car. But when something breaks, can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? Most likely, no. That's why I have CarShield. And it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. CarShield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody, including me. So get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like I did and find out why CarShield cars go farther. Rates are as low as $99 a month, so visit carshield.com. Use the promo code iHeart to save 10%. That's carshield.com, promo code iHeart. Deductible may apply. Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are Sunmate's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and Sunmate's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sunmade snacks. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the taco and burrito cravings pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing, you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it for a limited time at participating Taco Bell locations near you. In a world of fake news, the truth will out. Truthnewsnet.org. Dan Newman. Yes, we are facing a midterm election coming up November next year. Now, one would think the far left would be far left. They'd be in the tank. They're always optimistic about what they're going to do and are able to do. Guess what? In D.C., 75% of people that are in government, that includes Democrats, Republicans, Independents, 75% think that Republicans are going to take control of the U.S. House of Representatives. That's that's a big deal, folks. Uh, They're normally 100% the other way. They got the best thing. Everybody wants their best thing. We're going to end the show today by bringing you a really sad, sad bit of news. Over the national holiday... 150 people were killed in the United States, murdered. More than 400 shootings in the holiday weekend. What What is this going on, folks? Wow, this is the U.S. That's not supposed to happen.
It's a wrap on today's show. Thank you for being here. We're on top of it all week long, folks. We're going to be here. Join us tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here at Truth News Network, TNN Live. Till then, have a great Tuesday. See you tomorrow. Mm, I won't let you down. I will not give you up. Gotta have some faith in the sound. It's the one good thing that I've got. Got my ticket for the long way round. To buy the whiskey for the way. And I sure want like some sweet company. And I'm leaving tomorrow. What do you say? Bye.